talk show for throttle junkies, motorheads, and anyone who loves rocking the driver's seat. From barn fresh to concour ready, Road Muscle Radio parks the latest news and the biggest names in rolling thunder right in your ears. Let's welcome your show hosts, 30 plus year radio veteran, author, playwright, lousy karaoke singer, and lover of fat and freaky American classic cars, Mark Catfish Groves, and freelance automotive journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield. Let's put the pedal to the metal. Road Road Muscle Muscle Radio is on the air. Hello, fans of Fuel and Fun. We're back with Road Muscle Radio. I'm Catfish Groves. And I am Brett Hatfield. Be sure to check out Road Muscle Radio on Facebook, on Twitter, if you know what? I'm I'm still guilty as charged. I still haven't Twittered, tweeted, tweet, tweet. That's so easy. I well, you know, you just got to load it up, and I'm just uh, it's 280 well, characters, it's, and you've you've talked to me for more than a minute. You know, that's damned hard for me to talk that shortly. No, it's 140 characters. Good luck with that. Well, they, I thought they doubled it to like 288. It was like a buck 44. You you get more than that out of a s'more. <laughs> So I'll try to get to Twitter, I promise. Also visit RoadMuscleRadio.com for links for our blog, Catfish Finds, car links for craptastic vehicles that only a mother could love. And, of course, you can find our podcast there. Now, coming up in Road Muscle Radio, learn what the French word is for you are screwed if you add speed. Uh, coronavirus and classic car auctions, we're going to touch on that. Um, how to show off your he shed, your garage. Oh. Yes, <laughs> you know, because I know you don't like man cave, so you're he shed, and uh, <laughs> I think that may be worse. <laughs> you know, it just might be. And a call mm-hmm. for help finding a Navy vet's ride. That's a that's oh uh, that's off. Oh. So, uh, and we'll also have special guest in uh, the second segment, Terry Wilson, who is also known as Coverman sixty six. Terry's an LS and LSA install guru with his own YouTube channel of Housets and Wazits, uh, plus his own place, the Garage Shop. So that is all coming up today. Uh, what have you been doing, Brett, during our uh, our social distance? I'm kind of embarrassed to admit what uh, I'm. Easy to Tiger, get into. this is a family show. <laughs> um, I found a couple of YouTube channels that have Hot Wheels and Matchbox drag races and rally races oh, on no. matchbox tracks <laughs> and i i'm way way more involved in this than i should be isn't it funny you ever do you ever do pinewood derby yeah yeah and, and, you're, and you're like especially as an adult you go and you're like oh dude that's the coolest car come on come on come on and then you realize hey it's easy tiger everybody wins yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> so what was well, your favorite I'm, car that uh was racing in these uh these hot wheel races the one that won more races than it should have yeah more races than it should have uh a really sad hot wheels fiero oh no <laughs> clean the clocks of a handful of hot wheels ferraris <laughs> suck it big cars fiero I was, boom <laughs> I was so very proud of that little orphan. <laughs> and it didn't catch on fire. God, that's the best it, Fiero ever made. <laughs> yeah, the bad thing is they set it on fire at the end. Are you serious? Oh, <laughs> yes, God. I, I was mad at him. Like you some bitch. It's a perfectly good car. You know what? I have the same problem with Roadkill. When they take some ugly, damned beast they found, they got it running, they take it for a whole bunch of uh, mileage, what, a Roadkill garage, and then they just beat it to death there at the end. And yeah. I'm like, dude, I'd have driven that. that yeah. That yeah. uh, four-door well, made into a two-door coupe, nasty ass. Oh, my God. Yes. Give me that. Well, the upside with Roadkill is, you know... Uh, toward the end of the season, they'll do a big collection of all their stuff, and they'll wind up having to fix that craptastic crap so they can run it in a challenge against all the other crap they got. But but you've been, you've been watching it in in this scale, this micro scale. Yeah, I've been watching it in one sixty four scale. There's one guy on YouTube called Three D Bot Maker, and he's got I don't know, like forty or fifty of these races, and I've been watching them like it's on ESPN. <laughs> Cheering, drinking, cussing, go! Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm like I said, way more involved in this than I should be. It's kind of sad. Uh, yeah, but fun. You know, it, we're sharing the sadness is. in our socially distant uh, uh, world today. I, uh, how, about actually, you, how about you? You've been doing anything good? 
Uh, I've been doing good things, but honestly, I am working more right now at home <laughs> than I ever did. I might have mentioned this on our last podcast, too, just the fact that I discovered that if you uh, work from home, you work from home. A lot a lot more. Oh, my God, yeah, because, you know, all that work is like 10 steps away. If you're if you're to the bathroom, you're halfway to work. <laughs> yeah. It's just uh, it, it's a, it was an eye opening experience. It has been for the past you know week and a half, two weeks. So um, I'm, I'm one learning. of the backlashes I think we're going to see when everybody does finally go back to work is people who have to dress nicely for work are no longer going to want to. They're getting used <laughs> to doing work at home in their jammy pants or oh, dude, shorts. I have completely <laughs> redefined business casual. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hey. You think I haven't? Well, I, I always work from home. You're like, I'm like wearing pants right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a pants optional environment. Jack. You're not wrong. <laughs> but you think those people who have to dress up and wear suits and all that are going to want to do that when it's time to go back to work? They're going to be showing up in jammy pants and slippers. Oh, it's uh, it's going to be real interesting. And I, I will tell you that after getting all this stuff set up, uh, I've got my home studio. I've got a podcast studio. I've got my office studio where I do most of my voiceover for the commercials. I uh, I really can't see myself being in the office every day of the week now because I want to yeah. do I want to do my part for a greener America. I want to mm-hmm. save fuel and, and and stop using so many fossil fuels. I want to just sit in my you know dungarees and do my prime work and. Wear my wife beater and it's all good. <laughs> you're, you're lying. You don't want to save anything except your commute. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong there either. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, we're all working together and we're sure glad that you're listening with us here today. So let's, uh, let's hit some news. Now we both have been keeping an eye, uh, especially after you sent me the link and I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Uh, here in Kansas, there's the antique tag, I guess law. That they're trying to get hammered through or uh, revision addendum HB twenty five twenty eight, and we were hoping to hear some progress today. Tuesday was supposed to be, uh, I think, brought to the floor uh, in the in the Kansas House, and eh, I, I can't find any news on it as of yet. Maybe they're not done. Well, there's also the possibility that they've got bigger fish to fry. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and they've backburnered this. <laughs> well, hey, that. Uh, it's important to us. Well, yeah, <laughs> I know. I just want to sit alone, socially distanced in my garage with my cool classic car with an antique tag. Yeah. Well, and to that end, the way the law is written right now, uh, if you've done any modification to the car, if you put different wheels and tires on the car, if you uh-huh. put a different engine in the car, state of Kansas wants to say that's no longer eligible for an antique tag. And, They are also saying that in excess, uh, well, somewhere 70 to 80 percent of the antique tags that have been issued in the state of Kansas so far have been issued um, incorrectly. They're they're erroneous because 70 to 80 percent of the cars have had wheels and tires changed on them or the engines changing them, transmission, suspension brakes, which I would think that's a safety thing. Yeah, you would think that but, that would be allowed, but maybe those original brakes, uh, those drums are just way too cool. Yeah, um, well, you know, uh, on the uh, on my Corvette, it, it's it's pretty much the way it came, <laughs> so no big deal. Yeah. On the Impala, eh, it's uh, a it's, story. Yeah, I wouldn't want that 409 shoving me down the road with four discs saying, hey, you don't really want to stop, do you? Uh-huh. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Questioning and, your resolve. And I have an old Harley that's going to be eligible for antique tags before a whole lot longer oh my gosh. goes by. And people have, I've had guys ask me, so what'd you change on it? And I said, I'll tell you what's original on the bike, the frame and the tins. And <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Everything else I've mucked with. <laughs> Just a, an alteration or two. It's all good. Uh-huh. Well, we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens on that. I I did some re- research a while back for antique stores, and found out that uh, to be quali- qualified as an antique store, there's a certain percentage of your um, of your stock that has to be literal antiques, and then they defined antiques where it has to be like ninety ninety five percent of whatever this thing is to be an antique has to be original. Uh, they are wow. they are defining 
antique itself. And I, what I have a feeling is they did that, uh, especially it was, it was proposed by the antique realtor, uh, uh, real, uh, what's it called, uh, people who sell antiques association. And these people want, want to be able to make antique almost an exclusive, uh, that sounds moniker. exclusive. Well, you know, it's like champagne versus sparkling wine. And with this, you know, if you, if you're buying an antique, they had an example, which was like an antique telephone to where the box outside was all antique, but basically everything inside had was a reproduction out of uh, Korea, North or South, your pick. And so is it really an antique when all the guts, all the guts are brand new and even some of the bell housings, cause it's one of those, you know, pick up the little ear thing on the side and, you know, BR549 it, uh, the horns were made in in uh, you know in Korea and this and that, so they're trying to add a definition. I can kind of appreciate what they're doing, but when it comes to freaking safety, safety equipment, yeah. come on. Oh, that's a resto mod telephone you got there. So. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Hot rod, paint some flames on <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Collar done. It's good. All right. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that HB twenty five twenty eight ends up resolving itself here in Kansas. Now in uh, uh, France, speaking of uh, doing a little extra restomade in your bicycle, if you want, this is the dumbest thing ever. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, think about it. You got real champagne. You uh, if, add some escargot and an electric bike. Well, your fizzy's fine. The slugs are good. But if you want to tune up your two-wheeled baby, uh, you can get a ticket. Really? Electric bikes. Uh, if you want to add more speed or power, the the offense is punishable. It's an offense. Let's start with that. And it's now punishable by law. And you won't believe what the maximum sentence would be. Check this out. I, I, I'm, I'm offended already. <laughs> yeah, I am offended. <laughs> uh, if you tinker with your e-bike, you know, you're tuning it for it to get it to go faster. And, and we're not exactly talking blazing down the road. You could be looking at a maximum fine of up to 30,000 euros, which is $34,000 in U.S. money. $34,000 cuz you made your little bike, your electric bike faster. It's French statutory provision L317-1. Now, let's say you're in France and you're like, you know, I got to have a faster bike. I'm going to pay that. That's good. Oh, well, you could also get up to 1 year in jail. Oh, They'll yeah. put you in jail. Jail for uh for hot rodding your e- e-bike, your e-bike. You see, the funny thing that about this, uh, le humeur is, uh, most slower bikes get, of these slower e-bikes are passed by people pedaled versions. People pedaling their bikes go faster than a lot of these electric bikes that they're saying you can't make faster. <laughs> it makes a lot no sense. Oh so you, hot, you hot rod your e-bike. This- does this happen a lot? Is this so, is this a big problem? Well, apparently it's an issue. Now, you, you know, for safety's sake in public, and especially in a place, we laugh about it here because, let's face it, uh, especially here in the Midwest, how many people are riding their bikes to and from work and to and from this and to and from that? Not a heck of a lot. You don't no, see it out here out in, in the, the burbs. burbs. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to the country. And uh, uh-huh. in the city, they've got those little scooter things that you can pay to use, which are very cool. Uh, the rentable scooters. But those uh, also are not fast. And there's just not that much of it. Guy, Uh-oh. I watched a guy in Midtown absolutely eat it on one of those things. You know, my daughter had one of those and that's how she broke her arm. It was one of those little Kevorkian scooter things. I can't remember what they're called. Razors or whatever. And my poor little baby snapped her forearm on one of those and they're just so dangerous, but now at least they're bigger. (laughs) What what are they? uh, They're called bird. Are there bird scooters? Oh, or God, whatever I, they're I called? don't even remember. Yeah. The little electric ones. You've uh-huh. got an app on your phone and you yeah, just jump on and ride it and drop it off. Uh, I watched a guy who was, he had a big drink. I don't know if it was oh, a no. pop or a milkshake or what he had. He had a big drink in one hand and he was riding it on the other. And he hit a heave spot in the sidewalk with that oh, and launched. Oh, and launched. Oh. And I can only. Uh, uh, it gives me chills just thinking about what happened. I'll put it to you this way. I can only surmise that his app was subsidized by his dentist. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't even watch those, man. That's, those are the ones where I'm like, okay, stop, delete. Because <laughs> I, oh, oh, God. 
Yeah, I was just this side of getting curb stomped. For, <laughs> well, he yeah. got no hands in front of him. If you spend that time in jail, it's probably good anyway because you can have your driver's license suspended for up to three years also. And the law applies to importers, distributors, dealers as well. In fact, a company, a person who imports, creates, or sells devices designed to de-restrict e-bikes. Apparently, they're restricted. They've got governors on them. Uh, they can receive, receive the same maximum fine up to 30,000 uh, euro and two years in jail. So oh, these are the these are the real lawbreakers. They're going to have e biker gangs soon. Oh yeah, <laughs> see them wearing their wearing I, their leathers. It is hex angels. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, so good good luck with France. Kinder biker gang. <laughs> now there's uh, as we we head into this COVID nineteen social distancing thing. It's affecting more than just uh, our ability to say hey and drink beers together. Oh, uh, it is and. Boy, you want to talk about a calendar wiped clean. Uh, oh, yeah. Not only our RoadMuscleRadio.com events calendar, which is. Dude, that is an ongoing you, you, change it, rearrange it type of thing. I I, I have been trying to, to, to stay on top of it. I'm like, oh, damn, this one's canceled. Oh, damn, this one. Oh, and oh I, you should see the, uh, the whiteboard I keep here in my office. <laughs> All the uh, Saturdays and Sundays that were filled up, I just took an eraser to and zip. Down yeah. either side, they're gone. That's a lot of moan uh, and weed eating now. <laughs> well, and uh, all the major auctions are pretty much called oh. off uh, oh, yeah. until May. I think yeah. the very first one that comes up on the calendar is uh, Mika Mandy, and they're still holding out that they'll get that one done. Fingers but crossed. April is gone, and you go through the calendar, and everything has just been pushed back or put off uh, indefinitely. And uh, I know that Brett Jackson has almost wiped their calendar clean. Uh, well, yeah, and company. And I, I think almost all the auction companies have gone to a strictly online format now. I know RM and Gooding have both done that. Well, uh, remember online on Facebook, uh, Gary and Muffy Bennett? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're allowing you to list your cars free. No, yeah. uh, no listing fee. No listing fee. Uh, and, and good on them. Uh, and on a personal note, I'm friends with Gary and Muffy both. Yeah. We love you guys. And that is the right move. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, we're friends on Facebook and, and I just, I love watching what they do and, uh, and the heart and soul that they put into, into what we do. It's too well, fun. They've, they've both had a tough time going through all the, uh, oh, God, all, yeah. all the <laughs> stuff. So, uh, according to an alter week article, our friend, Jonathan Klinger, uh, John from, Haggerty and also a buddy of mine from McPherson, John Howdy. Uh, he was quoted as saying, it's really too soon to tell or to draw any conclusions about what this will do both near term and long term so far as the collector car market is concerned. Uh, he went on to say that the steepest correction from a few years ago was no more than 30%. What you and I were talking about uh, before we started recording was, I think, and in, in just about every market and collector cars included, you're going to wind up having a pent up demand. Yeah. And when things finally do come back online and do start to uh, return to some level of normality, man, I think you're going to see a heck of an explosion in, in that market and just about every other market, too. Yeah, it's we're all going to breathe out and it's yeah. going to be it's going to be a party. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Uh, I am looking forward to when we when we hit that rise. And by the way, with that in mind, I'll just throw this out here that if anybody has a uh, unicorn breezeway, a Mercury breezeway, or maybe you know, a mid sixties <laughs> Chrysler of some kind that you want to sell right now, you know, for around the four thousand dollar mark, you just uh, you just send an email to driver at roadmuscleradio dot com, and I'll and, see if I can help and, you out. <laughs> and you may be able to send an alternate email to toilet paper collector at roadmuscleradio.com. <laughs> yeah, an investor. I, I hear the guy at that one's really work, uh, willing to work out some trades. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shut up. He's my competition. <laughs> Damn it. So uh, well, so down more, uh, no more than 30%, which is still a chunk of change, but you don't lose it if you don't sell it. Well, and that's true. And again, I'm guessing that uh, we will see a little bit of a downturn in the market for a while. 
But when uh, when we're able to return to some level of normalcy, I think there's going to be a lot of pent up demand and there'll be plenty of people willing to get back in. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to that part. Now, if you're uh, feeling kind of lonely, speaking of your your baby, it's out in the garage. You got this thing and you're just kind of sitting there looking around. Hey, why don't you show off your stuff? The uh, uh, on hotrod.com, and I love this. They want you to share videos of your hot rod hearth, of your garage. It's their social distance shop tour. <laughs> they want drag around a camera. You got 60 seconds, drag it around, show off how cool your shop is, or maybe even how uncool, how god awful, dreadful uh, the place is to anyone but you and your hands and your love. And, uh, and they really do want you to also include a shot of, uh, you know, kicking over your vehicle in a little room, rooms, startup of whatever it is that you like to drive. Uh, what's funny is because I'm that kind of guy, I'm like, Oh, this is so cool. And I looked at it, several of the videos. I'm like, well, that's fun. Oh, that's a good looking girl. Oh, listen to that car. And then I thought, is this like a, a thief's shopping guide? You know, is this, is, is this like the shopping channel for a-holes because you're showing off all these cool tool chests, these beautiful cars. Uh, I guess as long as you don't show outside and your address, uh, you're still pretty good, you know? So wow, you really are getting desperate to find that rod, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> no. Like, Hey, is that a Nash back there? Let's talk here. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> Now, they do say use some kind of transfer service. They recommend WeTransfer.com, I bet a Dropbox or Google Drive work as well. You can send uh, your your uh, video, your link to hotrod at hotrod.com. And they also want you to include some pictures, if you would, because they might get into Hot Rod Magazine. So you can go to hotrod.com and check that out, share your stuff, and you know, kind of join the fun. I, I hate to uh, dovetail on what you were saying about thieving vehicles. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Navy vet. Yeah. Uh, and oh, God, this just kills me. This Sucks. comes to us from the drive. Navy veteran Ron Harrison of Tacoma, Washington died last month, and he had a beautiful 1920s uh, tea bucket, Ford Model T, mm. that he'd owned for decades. Uh, the hot rod was stolen a few days after he died. Now his grieving family is trying to uh, find it, and they're asking for your help. Harrison's brother told uh, Q13 Fox that his family returned to his garage on East 46th Street on February the 23rd, just five days after he died, and uh, the car was gone. And this is a fairly distinct-looking car, so it I'm guessing it would be difficult for somebody to take that and, uh, you know, pass. They're going to have to do some changes to it. At any rate, more than a week and a half later, there hadn't been any, there's no sign of it. And, uh, there are no publicly available leads in the investigation. The, he was a Navy vet owned the car. uh, That's Mm. the first thing that hits close to home. Yeah. Secondly, uh, owned the car for over 50 years as a guy who's had another car, uh, Long term, I can appreciate what that takes. It's a 28 Ford Model T Roadster. It had been completely restored, had a nice engine, won lots of awards and trophies. Uh, The Puget Sound Auto Theft Task Force is leading the charge to find Harrison's uh, Model A. And it's distinguishable because it's got a supercharger on top of the V8. Oh, yeah. God, it's gorgeous. Lots of chrome, no word on it. If it was driven away or loaded onto a trailer, nobody seems to have uh, seen it go. If you've got a lead, uh, send a a tip to the auto task force via Facebook Messenger or auto theft tips at wsp.wa.gov. Anyone with information can also contact Crime Stoppers of Tacoma Pierce County at p 3 tips.com that's p the number three tips.com there's a chance it could be listed for sale someplace craigslist facebook marketplace uh anywhere in the pacific northwest please keep an eye out for that car yeah if we could if we could help find that that would be awesome all right so that's all the news you can use find links to these stories and more at roadmuscleradio.com and coming up in our second segment terry wilson coverman 66 who's just a guy standing in front of a camera with an LS install, asking them to love his instructional videos. Uh, Stick around. (laughs) This cat is 
He's, he's got share great it. videos. Oh yeah, and it's it it makes me feel smarter. I I don't know if I really know quite what's going on, but after watching them, I'm like, not only was that a cool ride, that that was a lot of good info. Absolutely is. So we'll be talking to him next, right here on Road Muscle Radio. Welcome back to Road Muscle Radio. You can find all of our voodoo at roadmuscleradio.com. I am Catfish Groves. I am Brett Hatfield. And our guest today has a great philosophy on his Coverman 66 YouTube channel description. And I am quoting this. My thought is simple. If people see an average guy in an average garage building his dream rides, maybe it will give hope and encouragement to some that might need a, a little nudge to get started on the journey to building their dream ride. That's what this is all about, sharing ideas, restoring old school rides, and building dreams four wheels at a time. I am so down with that sickness, and especially coming from a guy that can't weld worth a damn. (laughs) I sold my dream for parts and made back what it cost me and paid off the welder, but this guy makes it really happen. Uh, Brett, who's here with us today? Terry Wilson is with us. Terry, welcome to Road Muscle Radio. Uh, Thank you for having me, fellas. I really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, for those of you who don't know Terry well, he's been a car guy since his very first Hot Wheels car. Uh, he had an <laughs> uncle who was an avid, avid car fan, and Terry would spend his summers at his uncle's uh, shop. His uncle was a master mechanic and spent time ter- uh, teaching Terry how to wrench on muscle cars. And uh, his uncle, in his infinite wisdom, made Terry wait until he was 10 years old before he started letting Terry drive around on uh, <laughs> South Carolina back roads. <laughs> Wow, that long. That was, that yeah, was a bit hard, man. But, yeah, you really held out, didn't he? Uh, <laughs> Got down to five uh, phone books under your butt, and then, okay, now you can drive. <laughs> I, all I had to do was hit the brake pedal and gas, but that's all he concerned himself about. <laughs> Terry learned how to work on those cars, and he just never stopped. He went all the way through high school and college. Uh, kept wrenching on muscle cars. And then in 1998, a friend of his who worked at a Chevy dealership, uh, had him come down, and Terry got his first drive in a 98 Camaro SS oh. uh, with uh, with the, an LS platform engine, and that set the hook for him. That was it. Uh, Terry got to be good friends with the late Mark Campbell of Street and Performance. Uh, Mark helped Terry drop an, an LS and his 71 Chevelle, and while he was doing it, a lot of Terry's friends started bugging him about taking pictures and documenting what he was doing. And, uh, hey, show us how you're doing what you're doing. And Terry got so many requests, he said, wow, to hell with it. I'll just start a YouTube channel and show <laughs> everybody how to do it. Uh, and he's got almost 200 videos on his channel yeah. now. He's got a large and growing subscribership. And I got to tell you, he's got some of the most interesting videos on YouTube. So, Terry, thanks for being with us, man. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Really do. So where did the Coverman 66 name come from? Well, quiet as it's kept. A lot of people don't know that uh, I used to be a hip-hop artist back in the day. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, I used to be the DJ. I wanted, to, I wanted to be a rapper so bad, but I just don't have the rapping voice. I don't have the, 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 the dialect. I don't have the, you know, the flow. I just never did. So I always wanted to be a part of it. So I used to, I did the, the turntables. I was the, the DJ for the group. And uh, I started making music. I started making beats, you know, sample. And I was a, I'm a drummer. So I would put samples together, play beats behind it. And, and it got to the point where other hip hop artists would ask me, could you make a beat for me? And I started seeing the right on the wall. And I was like, well, I got to get a name. My stage name was Undercover, DJ Undercover. I went to the town clerk to get a doing business name as, and uh, I wanted undercover productions and I couldn't get it because it was already taken. Uh-huh. So they said, well, here's a bunch of names that, you know, are similar to undercover. And I saw cover man was like four down. And I was like, okay, I like that cover man, cover man, cover man productions got a nice ring to it. So then I started cover man productions and I was like, I need an email. Now that was back when AOL was big. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> wow! <laughs> you just right. dated yourself. So, hey, you know I got I got to tell it like it is, and um, so I went on try to get Coverman, you know, at AOL, 
and it was already taken. And they gave me a bunch of names, a bunch of, you know, Coverman, AWS, whatever, such and such. And I saw Coverman 66. And I was like, wow, 66. Those are some numbers in my in my birthday. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I like that. Coverman 66, and that's how stuff. Fantastic. So as someone with more than a passing knowledge of music, <laughs> what band that people make fun of on the internet do you think deserves a lot more respect than they get? Oh, uh, that is a loaded question. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> wild. That's wild. I would say, you know what I would say? Any 70s disco group. Oh, there really? you go. Yeah, yeah. Because we're, we're living in an age where you could just make a song on a keyboard. Yeah. And uh, you don't appreciate the musicianship as you would when you actually see like 10 guys up on stage playing. You got a, you got a horn player, you got a keyboard player, you got a drummer, some cases two drums, you got two piano players, two guitar. You, you just don't appreciate that. And I think, I think you know, playing music is, is, is not as big as it was back in the day. I don't know if it's because they don't have the music, you know, uh, teaching music in school. I don't know. But I don't think people, you know, take to music as far as like picking up a guitar, you know, and learning it like they did back in the 70s. So I think disco and disco, you have a whole group of people sitting up there playing the music. So I think disco, it will forever be a laughed at, you know, type of music where it's it should be really a perspective. Because when you listen to some of these disco groups and that's what they were, you got to respect them because they were playing serious music. When you said that. First band that came to mind was Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yes, oh yeah, that's I, a lot of talent. Let's see how far you'll go Earth, into Earth, Wind, a... Fire. They had Earth, Wind, and Fire. They had nine key members. You know that was before they came from the Salty Peppers. See, they were the Salty Peppers first. Morris <laughs> uh, White, they, they, you know, but then he he was like, I got to form this new band with college students instead of these old jazz musicians. And he took his brother Birdine, and they made Earth, Wind, and Fire. I can go into that because that's that, that's my group. My group. <laughs> All right. If you're yeah, so. true disco, let's let's see if you're willing to commit or quit. Mama Mia, <laughs> yes or no? Mama Mia, yes or no? The music. Mama Mia, yes or no? Have you seen it? I'm gonna say no. Okay, there we go. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> you like the cool side of disco? All right then. Well played, you. <laughs> so. How did you come up with the idea of adding music in the background to your videos? Well, it's, you know, it's everyone does it to a certain extent, but I figured let me do some, some hip hop that, okay. Because most of the stuff that I do as far as put music together was because that's music that I like. That's the era I grew up in. And back then those hip hop artists weren't really making the millions like a hip hop artist could do today. Like you put one song out and you could just blow up now where back then these guys had to go out every week, every, every day and, and perform. And so it, it was, it was kind of tough for them. So I like to give respect to some of the artists, some of the, some of the best hip hop artists and rock musicians as well. Um, that the best way I can do that is put them on my video. Nice. I love the, I love some of the background mixes you've got going on your videos. And, and there are, there are a few from when I was, some some of my old demos. There are there's a couple of out there that I sneak in there. <laughs> <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> so a lot of guys have do-it-yourself channels on YouTube showing people how to swap engines, troubleshoot problems, and how they build cars. And a lot of them are kind of dry. It's easy to lose interest in what they're doing, no matter how informative it is. Yeah. Uh, your videos seem to be as entertaining as they are informative. Where did you learn to present your material in such a thoughtful manner? Well, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a communications major. I was supposed to be a, I was supposed oh, to be a, okay. yeah, I was yeah, supposed to be a weather man. And um, that's what I went to school for. And I took a liking to the editing part of communication. And uh, so I, I kind of know what, how to edit, you know, I could edit something that's extravagant that will blow your mind, but the videos that I do in the garage and the audience I'm trying to capture, I don't think they want to see like a huge five minute banner coming right up next. Uh, stay tuned. They don't want to see that. They want to see, Hey, what's up? This is what we're going to do today. Let's get into it. They want to get right into it. You know, because most of the time, most of the people are going to be in the garage doing it as you know, along with me. And so it's to them. That's why I don't really go nuts with a border. 
I have like maybe a two minute, you know, maybe a minute, no more than a two minute, minute, you know, introduction and, 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 and then the meat and potatoes of the video. One of the things that seems to also set your videos apart is that uh, you show people how to do things, but there's also uh, a lot of tips and tricks in there that you've gotten from experience and it shows. Yes, thank you. Uh, uh, are all of those from your own experience or do you turn to others' advice? Who, who do you ask when you run into a problem? Well, I got a couple of uh, friends that I you know, usually ask. Uh, um, Lance Drager, he's one. Um, Nelson Rosado, he's another. Kenny Boykin, these guys that, that uh, you know, like are, I grew up with Kenny and Nelson. I mean, we're like three amigos, but mm -hmm. we have to be car guys. And Nelson took it a step further where ever since he was 14, he continued to go with the body work. And so he is, he is a master at what he does. He's one of the best builders in the country where me and Kenny, we pretty much, we still build, but we didn't take it as a profession until, you know, like what we're trying to do now. And, um, but, uh, and Lance Rager, he is, he is someone who is just so knowledgeable when it comes to, to LSs and, and especially the LSAs as well. And I have to give uh, much respect to, you know, Mark Campbell, because he was the one that actually took me by my hand and said, this is how you do it. And this is because he helped me with my first tune port, because I used to do tune port injections before um, I got into the LS game. And we just skipped over the LT because that's just a forgotten engine <laughs> until now. <laughs> but um, so uh, we, he, he had me, he was always, you would call him on a Sunday and he was always there. He always picked the phone up. And for some reason he took a liking to me and he helped me. And I was going to go down there to, uh, he was in Maynard, Arkansas. And I was going to go down to see him and hang out with him for about a good, you know, maybe a couple of days. And he says, Come on down. I'll show you everything you need to know about turbos, LSs, and everything like that. And uh, by the time I got my ducks in a row, I learned, you know, maybe he had passed a couple of days prior. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, it that's... broke my heart, man. That 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 really broke my heart. And uh, so I, uh, you know, he was helpful. So I'm looking at it like this. If anyone needs help doing an LS install, it would be my honor to help them out because I see him as someone who I totally respect. And if someone could look at me in their eyes like that, as far as giving them knowledge and trying to help them get there, like I always say, don't buy someone's dream, build your own. And uh, he did that for me. And the only way I can ever repay him for all the information that he gave me is to do the same for someone else who may need a little help in hand. Very cool. You have become an LS specialist. Uh, you sure seem to know an awful lot about what you're doing. For the uninitiated, like my co-host, uh, <laughs> or those who haven't yet embraced the LS platform, what's the one thing you would want them to know? About the LS engine? Oh, man, it is just the most versatile engine come uh, since the 350. You, you know, these engines are they're, they're easy to work on. They're relatively cheaper as far as like any other type of engine. Like, you know, you got your, you got your, your, your Mopar and your Ford and, you know, like let's take the, the dual over cam 4.6 that everyone likes to put in there. Like with the Cobra engine, those things are so expensive to work on is ridiculous where an LS, I mean, perfect example, the LS I have in my Chevelle, it's an LY6 with an LSA supercharger. Now soup to nuts, I may, may have $4,500 to $5,000 into that engine, and it's making over six hundred at the real wheel. I think the, oh, I believe the, the exact torque number at the dyno was 630, 629, 620 torque. That's a lot better power than I'm getting out of the 409 in my Impala, and I shudder to think what I've got in that engine. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, and, and you got to understand, it's just a regular, you know, you went to the junkyard, found one, pulled it out, put an LSA in it, cammed it out, and it's, you get numbers like that. You know, the LS engine is just such a versatile engine. It's so easy to make power with. You, you find them in Mustangs. You find more at the drag strip. Most of them are running uh, – LS is in those, in, those, uh, in those box bodies. So as much as you've worked with them and as many positives as, as the LS has, uh, what are some of the shortcomings or some of the things that people should know about before they get too deeply involved in a project? Well, you got to get your ducks in a row because it's not, it's not an easy as far as it's easy as it makes it seem, but you're going to have to do a little leg work. You're going to have to, you know, like depending on what kind of car you have, 
and what kind of transmission you put behind it, you may have to cut your tunnel. Um, you, you're going to have to get mortar mounts. You're going to have to, but it's not that bad, but you should know that there is some work to it. I mean, you're going to have to make some decisions if you want to go with an in-tank fuel pump or either uh, uh, what's it called inline fuel pump. And if you do, you better make sure you have the lines that can you know hold it because you be yeah. pushing the PSI. Um, and so it's it's stuff like that where I don't I personally see no downsides. You know, you're gonna have to you know, like I said, depending on what transmission you're going with, you're gonna have to move the, the cross number back. And the only downside I can really see is that you're gonna be going through tires because once it's all said and done, <laughs> <laughs> you will lighten them up on a regular. <laughs> so, uh, what? What would be your ultimate dream build? What have you not done yet that you want to? Wow. Ultimate and dream. as a, a second part to that question, is there anything you wouldn't want to tackle? No, nah, when it comes to LS, no, I put it, I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, no, nah, you know what it is? It's, it's funny because before I knew how to do all this stuff and you know, like I, I, I knew I was the nervous kind where I'd be like, oh, I would don't touch it. Don't touch my car. Don't touch my car. But now it's like my perfect example. My 69 Camaro, I have a 69 Camaro with an LS install, an LS2 with, an L, uh, with a six speed. And, you know, it's not painted. It's in primer. And it's it's if if you know how to do the work. You're not going to be that. Oh, my God, get away from my car guy. You know what I'm saying? Even mm-hmm. if that car was painted. You're not going to be, oh, don't touch it, don't touch it, no, get away from it and all that. I mean, yeah, you don't want no one to scratch it, but you don't mind if someone, you know, you know, sits in it, you know, like a little kid. A little kid saw my car. I pulled yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. A little kid, a little kid sat, um, him and his mother, I was at an ice cream place near my house, uh, Dairy Queen, outside, you know, like, and, and it was hot sun, summer night. This is like Ferraris, and there was a couple of Porsches out there. Here's my old 69 Camaro. In primer, looks good, got nice wheels, right? And I rolled up right next to it, right? And I get online to get my ice cream, and another kid with his mother comes up. Now, out of all those cars that he saw in that parking lot, he gravitated to that 69 Camaro. It's like, Ma, ooh, look, it's a race car. And the mother's like, Oh, don't touch the car, don't touch the car. And I was like, No, no, open the door, let the kid sit in the car, you know? Yeah. Sit in the car, let the kid enjoy it. Because, like, I was honored because, like I said, it was it was parked between a Ferrari, I think a Ferrari and maybe a Porsche or either or something is something exotic. It was parked uh-huh. between that. And for him to spot that out, these shiny cars and this dull car. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> I'm uh, personally, I think that's the best thing you can do at car shows. Let little kids sit in your car. Make sure that we get the next generation. Oh, you got to. You gotta, because I remember when I was a little kid, there was this beautiful, oh my God, I still remember. It was a beautiful 55 Bel Air, two-tone. It was green on the bottom, white on top. And I thought that was the, one of the prettiest cars I've ever seen. Now, I was respectful. I must have been about maybe 14, 15. I knew what the car was. And um, I didn't want to just roll up on the guy because he was outside. I didn't want to just roll up on the guy's car. I asked him, say, hey, you mind if I take a look at your car? And he was just like... Okay, I guess. And I was like, never mind. You no, I don't want to look at your car, man. Thank you. You know? It's just that attitude where he's yeah, just like sure. I could I was just like, you know, an idiot with a nice car. You know, it's it's a shame, but hey, I guess <laughs> you know, that's not the right way to do it. I mean, like if someone rolls up when you want to say, go ahead, take a look at it. Go ahead, no problem. I mean, what was he doing? I mean, like I wasn't gonna go jump in the car, and but you got a lot of guys out there that are like that that take their cars a little too serious. And, you know, if, if that's you, that's fine. But for me, look at the car, take a look at it, sit in it if you want, enjoy it, man. Nice. Okay. So dream build, what do you want to do? What do you want? What's, what's, uh, what's in your heart? Wow. A dream build. I'd like to have, uh, I, 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 I would like to have another 69 Camaro. Okay. Uh, you know, like I, I keep my dreams simple because I mean I don't want to put an LS in a Ferrari. No, I would a dream build would probably be a six nine Riviera, six oh. nine. Yeah, I like a six nine oh. Riviera. 
I like the '69 Riviera. That's 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 on my that's on my list. That's a beast. Uh, another '69 should uh, what's it called? Us uh, Camaro or '69 Chevelle? Um, I love I love that year model car or a '69 Mustang with an LS. Upset a few people. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I tried to talk my my brother. This was twenty odd years ago. He bought a uh, it was an eighty six, I believe eighty four, eighty six uh, uh, Jaguar, and Ooh, nice. um, got it for like two thousand dollars. And it was the what he version it had a twelve cylinder in it, the whole nine yards. Except uh, yeah. it wasn't quite running right. And he he was like, "Oh, dude, it's a twelve cylinder." And I'm like, or I think it was ten cylinder. And I was like, "No, twelve was it twelve? Bro, uh, you know, just drop a 350 down in there. That's what everyone used to do. Yeah, just drop a 350 and, and you'll be, oh, no. He spent 12 grand getting the engine rebuilt. There were two cylinders that were cooked, put 12 grand into it and still had the uh, British electronics. So, you know, it might start, yeah. it might not. You might not have your lights. You might not have your windows. Depends upon the day and the mood the car's in. But uh, I, honest to God, I always wanted him to just you drop a Chevy in it. You're going to be $4,000 in and you can drive the hell out of it. Drive it. And that's what my friend uh, uh, from Trucks TV, uh, Kevin Tetz, you know, he's on hands on cars with Kevin Tetz. Uh, what's it called? He he um, did a build with an X, XJ, XJS, XJ6, I forget, the Jaguar, the two door Jaguar back in the XJS. 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah. XJS, exactly. Um, he put an Ellis in that thing and he's still driving that car to this day. He is yeah. that car. My brother sold it for two thousand dollars too. I would have bought it. <laughs> he was angry. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a whole company that does uh, LS swaps for Jaguars called yep. John's Broken Kitty. Yep, I've heard of it. Yep. Uh, he does. He's been doing GM to Jaguar swaps for years. Right. Um, you know, from the SEMA videos you've got on your page, <laughs> it looks like you know everybody. Uh, it it oh, looks man. like, you, you know, a ton of the people in the car building world, uh, of those people, you know, what would you say is a single most defining trait? What is one thing you think that they all have in common that drives their success? I, I think for the love of the car, the, the passion for the car, because, you know, you know, yeah, you see them having a good time with, with me on TV, on, on the screen. But when the camera's off, they, they, they talk about cars. They want to know what you, what my car is, what kind of cars I drive. And I, I think, yeah, the love of the cars. I mean, like, and, and it's funny because that's why I did that. That's why, because when I first went to SEMA in 2018, I was going to go and just film, you know, cars and, you know, the products. I was just, you know, hey, listen, fellas, hey, you're looking for an LS dashboard. Dakota Digital has this. I was going to do something like that. But I ran into the count. I ran into the count, uh, and, and and he had his whole entourage of people. Just, just I mean, he you couldn't get to him. And I said to him, "Count, I love the spiritual side of your show." That's all I said to him, you know. And he heard that, and he he was like, "Walking to a brother, I'm on my way to a signing." And he asked me what my name was. I told him <laughs> about my, I got videos. I do this, and. Um, he he said, "Let's do a re- let's do a video real quick." I was like, "Okay, cool." And so I pulled my phone out, and we did that whole count. You know, what's up? We're hanging out there, Sima. Yeah. And I then he was like, "Okay, you know, cover man, I talked to you later. Nice meeting you." I was like, "Okay, cool, Captain. Nice meeting you." And then it hit me. I was like, "You know what? Let me focus more on the people that have TV programs, the celebrities, the the the, the car the, the the car people because." I'm sure there's someone out there that says, oh, this person's an idiot. This person is not a real car guy. This person is, you know, no, no, no. Let me focus because if I go on after SEMA, if I go with 2018 cars of SEMA, you would see the same cars that I would be videotaping, same mm-hmm. products. Let me catch the video. Let me catch the personality. Let me catch the people when they're comfortable, not on TV, but let me, let me, let me show people, you know, this is what these people are like. They're real car yeah. And uh and that's how I've been doing it. And it's been working out and and it's it's cool when they know who you are before you walk up to them. Yeah. I'm like, wow, you know? And um so it's been a blast. And a lot of these guys are my friends now and they, they call me on the regular, which is kind of cool. But um <laughs> it's 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 been a it's been a trip and I really appreciate it. I really do. 
So you're from South Carolina. No, no, no. My parents are from South Carolina. Oh, your parents are from South My Carolina. Parents are from South Carolina. I'm from New York. Now, okay. I used to like when school was out during the summer. They would ship me and my sister off to South Carolina. <laughs> so you spent some time there. I spent a lot of time there. So yeah, the barbecue lit's on. <laughs> what what the hell is up with mustard based? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. They put that in everything. Have you ever had mustard and potato salad? Yes, I have. Uh, how good is that? I, I just mustard based barbecue sauce seems like blasphemy. I mean, no, it's not. Honey mustard, it's beautiful. This <laughs> is beautiful thing. This is wonderful. Now I will say that, like uh, dried mustard, uh, mustard powder in a in a rub, a dry rub, kicking, kicking. But I don't know so much about a sauce. That's a little agnostic on that one. Mm. Well, I tell you what, we're gonna we're gonna have to we're, we're gonna have to do something about this. We're gonna have to have a. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> down. Have, it's happening now. We're gonna have to have something going on. <laughs> I, I think there's going to have to be a little bit of travel and show and tell here. Oh, Listen, yeah. I'll we're going to have to do it. Casey, I'm going to come on down. <laughs> it, you know, we also got a football team here. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so they tell yeah, us. I heard a pretty good one. So. <laughs> <laughs> not not, not too bad this last <laughs> yeah. year. Okay. Uh, now, my favorite question we ever get to ask anybody, and this always brings uh, brings the best stories. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? Oh, my God. What haven't I done in a car? Um, <laughs> I used to work for a parts truck, uh, what's called parts supply, when I was like 16 years old. And um, I, I hope they're not listening. But anyways, <laughs> and, uh, Allegedly. <laughs> this may or may not have happened. <laughs> they used to have these Zuzu pickup trucks back in the day, uh-huh. these little Honda pickup trucks. And we used to deliver parts. And around the corner from where I lived, there was a, uh, this is still there, a train, a train track, and it kind of goes down, and then it, you go above. Oh, the I can see where. And it, it comes down a little. If you hit it at twenty miles an hour, <laughs> your front end is coming off the ground. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Hit it sixty miles an hour. Uh huh. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. uh, uh, guilty. I've done that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, that was that would have to be one of the stupidest things. I mean, looking back now, I'd be like, wow, you know, okay. But I mean, uh huh. You know, doing donuts. That's that's the norm now. You know. You know. Terry, uh, thank you for being with us. We really yes. appreciate you taking the time. Terry Wilson is Coverman66 on YouTube. You can find uh, his li- all the links for Terry on the Road Muscle website. You can find him on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, yeah, uh, and, and anywhere mustard-based barbecue sauce is sold. <laughs> I'll be there. That's right. New York City. <laughs> dip a steak in some honey mustard and throw a grill. I'm good. <laughs> Terry, thanks so much for being with us, pal. We really appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure, man. Anytime. And I thank you guys. I appreciate it. And we'll catch all of you down the road on Road Muscle Radio.